Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What up, TCK Potters? I'm your host, Sky Guasco, and this is episode 105 of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Today, I break down my top 10 things to watch during the preseason. Quick announcement before we get going today. We have officially opened submissions for our 2019 TCK Pod Listener League and are accepting listeners in our 12-team full PPR league. If you're interested in joining the league, just send us an email to tckpod at gmail.com or shoot us a DM on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore tckpod and drop the hashtag tckpodll. That's hashtag tckpodll with one thing you appreciate about the podcast and one thing I can work on moving forward. That will enter you in for a chance to be included into our 2019 TCK Pod Listener League, and chosen participants will be announced over the next few weeks leading up to draft season. The draft won't be until late August, so we do have plenty of time, but slots are filling up, so get in if you're interested. But enough business. Let's talk some football. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. All right, y'all, football is underway. We are back. First week of preseason started up this week. We had, of course, the Hall of Fame game between the Falcons and the Broncos, and then 11 preseason games Thursday night heading into the weekend. Week one preseason is finally here. We're going to start getting some answers in fantasy football. Who is playing where? Who's getting traded? Who's getting released? Injuries? All sorts of things. So I want to go over... 10 things to consider while watching preseason football. We all know that it's not as exciting as regular NFL football, of course, because most of the players that you care about or even know aren't playing, or if they are playing, they're playing in a limited role. So I wanted to take a second to break down a handful of things that I'm watching for when I watch preseason football. I'm not necessarily, I'm definitely not concerned about the score. I'm not worried about teams you know, uh, getting their ass kicked or blowing other teams out because it's just different competition. I'm looking for 10 things that I can focus on that have to do more with the game of football and maybe position uh, opportunities than the game itself or maybe overall productions or end of game stat lines. So let's get into this. Number 10, it's the first half is primarily the most telling and relevant for fantasy notable players. So essentially, the first quarter of the first games, if you were watching these games on Thursday and throughout the weekend, the first quarter, you'll probably see some starters. You're probably going to see a starting running back, starting receivers, maybe a starting quarterback, depending on who they are. And you're going to see a drive or two max, depending on how long it goes. And that's a good barometer of who's the day one starter as of now. Now, of course, we have... Four weeks left, there's going to be a lot of changes via injury or position battle, things like that. But it's going to be important to see who is that number one. For example, um, Rashad Penny, I was watching the Seahawks and Broncos game closely. Rashad Penny got all the snaps up through the first half, and Chris Carson didn't even play. So does that mean Chris Carson is not the starter? Not necessarily. It probably means he is the starter because he didn't start this game. They wanted to get Rashad Penny out there. On the other side of the football, Philip Lindsay was back from his wrist injury. He started the game. Uh, Royce Freeman came in, broke off a nice 50-yard run. I still believe at the end of the season, Royce Freeman will outproduce Philip Lindsay. But nonetheless, Philip Lindsay did get the start, which 
tells me that as of right now, if the season started today, Philip Lindsay is the number one running back for the Broncos. So quick observations like that. Let me know um, who the position battles are starting with at least. So number 10, first half is primarily the most telling and relevant for fantasy notable players. So don't get too wrapped up into who's playing in the second half. Definitely not the fourth quarter because eventually they're going to take those studs out. They don't want anyone to get more injured than they already are. So are going to take them out, give them some rest, and they let the young guys cut their teeth. But the starting drive or two is the most telling for fantasy football in that, you know, who are your starters? Uh, but obviously don't have a super red flag if your starting guy isn't out there yet. That might be a good sign, actually, if they're not injured. Number nine, coaching tendencies. So as we know, we have a lot of coaching swaps over the offseason so some questions right away. How's Bruce Arians going to do with Arizona? How's Cliff Kingsbury going to do in, oh, excuse me, Cliff Kingsbury in Arizona. I apologize, Bruce Arians used to be with Arizona. Cliff Kingsbury in Arizona. Bruce Arians with Tampa Bay. Uh, Zach Taylor with the Bengals. How are the Dolphins going to do with the cre- uh, entire revamp uh, over there in Miami? So, there's a lot of things I'm looking at on just a scheme. I'm not worried about who is playing sometimes. I'm worried about what the scheme looks like. When we watch Arizona Cardinals football games over the next four weeks, are we actually seeing 60, 70, 80 plays a game, or are they still slow? Is the offensive line hurting? Does Kyler Murray not quite pick it up? Is David Johnson even playing at all? If he's not playing, who are the guys right behind him? Because those are good handcuff opportunities. I'll get into running back committees here in a little bit, but – it's more of a scheme situation. Is the air raid going to take place? Is Zach Taylor, who came over from the Rams as the quarterback coach, is he going to be playing more of that Sean McVay offense, using Joe Mixon out of the backfield in the passing game, which we were all craving for last year, but Marvin Lewis refused? Are those things going to happen? Is Bruce Arians going to continue to be a pass-heavy offense? I want to know those kind of things as far as an offensive scheme goes more so than the players playing sometimes. So keep an eye on how the ball is moving on both sides of the ball as well, um, defensively too, uh, to a certain extent, but offensively for sure. Are they uh, a run-first team like maybe Baltimore or Seattle? And is Seattle continuing to run the ball a lot last night? They threw the ball quite a bit. They're going to run a ton under Schottenheimer, of course. But in the game I watched, they did throw the ball quite a bit. Now that was Geno Smith, and that was DK Metcalf, and that was a bunch of people trying to, you know, get ready. But um, Rashad Penny had had plenty of work as well running the football. So keep an eye on coaching tendencies. Number eight, offensive schemes in general. This kind of just leads into what I was just saying. But again, this is going to be, you know, certain coaches do certain things. And they, they do certain things well. So the offensive schemes, again, we're going to focus on what exactly are these teams doing and on a consistent basis. Okay, so you're going to hear a lot of coaches speak. You're going to hear a lot of people saying, we're going to run the football. We have to run the football. We're a ground and pound. We're hard-nosed, yada, yada. Well, that's all good if they actually do it. But a lot of times, as I'm sure you know, if you – are hearing these kind of things and you're not seeing it on the field, the eye test always wins, okay? The eye test always wins. So pay attention to what you're hearing in the media, what you're reading in the media, what you're seeing on NFL Network, ESPN, wherever you watch your games, and then watch what's actually happening when these coaches get out there and see what they're actually doing. If they say they're going to run a running back by committee, 
but you see one running back take the entire first quarter and the entire second quarter. It's preseason, so you have to take everything with a grain of salt, but sometimes that's telling to maybe they're not. Maybe they're going to ride the hot hand, okay, like Pete Carroll. He always says he wants a running back by committee, but whoever's hot, a la Chris Carson last year, he's going to ride him until he can anymore, okay? Rashad Penny looked really good last night. I think that's going to be a great battle and a great one-two punch in Seattle at minimum. And if Chris Carson uh, stumbles at all out of the gate or uh, gets injured, Rashad Penny looked um, every bit the part and I think is making up for lost time last year. So number eight, offensive schemes. Number nine, coaching tendencies. Pretty similar categories, but just in general, keep an eye on what you're hearing and what you're actually seeing with the new coaches especially. Number seven, Running back by committees, who gets the start and the playing time? So I mentioned at the top of the episode last night in the episode, uh, I was curious to see who would come out first for the Broncos. Um, I thought before the game it was going to be Royce Freeman. He's been looking great in camp. Uh, Philip Lindsay missed a lot of camp recovering from his injury, but it looks like he slotted right back in there as the number one running back for the Broncos. Now, I mentioned already, I think that's going to change throughout the season. I think it's going to be at least a timeshare. But there are other jobs in the NFL that I want to see um, and, and and make sure that they are a starting running back taking the lead and the bulk of the work, or it's going to be uh, a running back by committee. So keep an eye throughout the um the preseason. Um, San Francisco is a good example. Of course, Jarek McKinnon got hurt again. San Francisco's my team, so you know I don't want to be super negative, and I'm fucking bummed on a football standpoint. But I'm almost like I told you so, and I knew so uh, when we picked up Jarrett McKinnon last year. I was not excited about it. Um, I was also not excited about Jimmy G, but I've been over that a bunch. We'll talk about that another time. A lot of money for average at best players. Not happy about that, especially when they're supposed to be your starting running back. Of course, Jarek McKinnon gets hurt for all of last year. He comes back. They rush him back, in my opinion. Play him last night. Hurts his knee again. We'll see what actually happens with the diagnosis. But um, at, at the at the time of this uh, episode, I'm recording um, Friday morning uh, after the game. So a quick recap of, of the first games of the weekend. Um, Jarek McKinnon. Uh, injured his knee again. So we'll see what actually happens. They're probably going to keep him out for the preseason regardless, but very, very frustrating. But right away in the preseason, now we know Tevin Coleman is definitely, definitely the starter, definitely the number one to start. Is it going to be Matt Breida, Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert? There's a lot of other options now in San Francisco, but some guy leaves, another one comes up. You hear it all the time in the NFL. So keep an eye on the running back by committees throughout the preseason, you're not going to learn a lot in the first couple of games, but kind of take a bird's eye view over the entire preseason to who is actually starting each game and who is coming in right after them. And then, you know, you're going to start seeing third, fourth, fifth string running backs uh, in the second half of games and in the fourth quarter to end the clock. Not so much worried about that stuff, but the first maybe four, five, six drives of a game as we progress through the preseason are going to be very telling to whether a team is running a one-back focused offense or if they're running uh, kind of a, a dual threat, um, if you will, or if they're straight up running a running back by committee. So keep an eye on that. Next up, <clears throat> deep names at the running back and wide receiver positions to succeed if injuries ahead of them, especially in dynasty leagues. 
So essentially keeping an eye on deeper names on teams, maybe second string, third string, uh, running backs, and even fourth string wide receivers who have the talent, who have the ability, um, who could move up if somebody ahead of them were to get injured, they would slot in right away. A couple names that pop off for me right now. Matt Breida just mentioned. Jarek McKinnon already went down. I've been very vocal that I think Matt Breida is the best running back talent-wise on the roster anyway. So I am going to you know, be looking at Matt Breida specifically um, and seeing how that actually plays out with Tevin Coleman because I think Tevin Coleman's solid, but I don't think he's an RB1 all season. I think Matt Breida is good enough to start, definitely, and um, they will be spelling him whether they want to or not. So Matt Breida is a name I'm keeping an eye on who was third on the depth chart until McKinnon got hurt last night. Another one is Equinemia St. Brown. Okay, some of those younger Packers receivers. We all know about Devontae Adams, of course. We all know about MVS and Geronimo Allison. But if one of those guys were to go down, Equinemia St. Brown played well last year. There's also other younger receivers in Green Bay. You want a receiver for Aaron Rodgers. So keep an eye on that too, especially in Dynasty League. Stash these guys that have the opportunity if somebody were to go down versus maybe just a rando name, okay? This is all – we're trying to do this with strategy, so keep an eye there. Um, And at the uh, tight end position too, keep an eye on uh, deeper tight ends, younger tight ends, you know, some some players that may not be on the roster for fantasy. Every single year we see various players pop up and – make a name for themselves in the preseason that are not on fantasy radars. I feel like every year on my team in the 15th, 16th round, I'm drafting a player that is not on the draft board. Like literally they don't have a sticker to put on the draft board. I have to write their name in because they they were unknown when the draft boards were getting uh, made earlier in the summer. So keep an eye out for kind of the randos. Um, but I'll, I'll go over that in just a second, but kind of, you know, pump the brakes a little bit because there's a lot of excitement in preseason football that doesn't matter. Um, but keep an eye on the deeper names that may have an opportunity if somebody uh, were to go down. Before we get into the rest of the episode, let's take a quick break here. If you like what you're hearing and you want to find more of us outside of the podcast, please like and follow us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore Pod, on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. Facebook at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast page, and you can always drop us an email at tckpod at gmail.com. And of course, please leave a rate and review here on the podcast. It really does help to get your feedback. So before we get into the top five things to watch for during the preseason, here's a quick word from our sponsor, Anchor. Stay tuned. Hey, TCK Potters, I want to give a shout out to Anchor, which is the podcast avenue we record with to bring you these episodes. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record a podcast? How do I record an episode? How do I get the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast onto all of the apps that people are listening to? And how can I reach as many people as possible for free and make money at the same time from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor is the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you up with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Gaining some revenue from those podcast sponsors is essential to making necessary upgrades to the podcast and your overall brand. 
I appreciate how user-friendly Anchor is and how we can record our episodes via our computers or over the phone, similar to a voice memo or a phone call, and we can record these episodes, edit them down as needed, upload them, and boom, the episode is ready to launch. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and even make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. One more time, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Number five, consistent playtime for younger players, not so much one or two big plays only. So this is what I was just saying. Consistent playtime for younger players. Um, DK Metcalf, I think, is going to start number two in Seattle no matter what. Uh, First round pick, obviously a fucking monster. Um, Played really well last night. His stats were garbage because – um, you know, Geno Smith was throwing him the ball and and uh, then they went to Paxton Lynch and it wasn't amazing, but he looked good, strong. He had two end zone targets. Um, <laughs> kid's a beast. Uh, you know, I, I think he'll be fine once he cuts his teeth in the NFL, but something like that where he played pretty much through the first half. Okay. Rashad Penny played through the first half. Those guys were really solid on the other side of the football. Not many players for the Broncos played much. Okay, that could be a strategy thing. A lot of times, again, coaches keep their players out. So I'm not really worried about it. It's just something to monitor. Okay, Joe Flacco got the start. Um, Nobody's excited about Joe Flacco. But what he did was he targeted the running backs about six times on the first drive. That's indicative to how they're going to play. All right, consistent play from younger players. So Deshaun Hamilton played a bunch. Cortland Sutton did not play a lot. Tim Patrick got to play a bunch. He looks really good. So just keep an eye on these these deeper names um, and younger players, as I mentioned earlier, often uh, a third string running back, um, a backup tight end, a four string wide receiver. They end up making their name for the preseason. Maybe they'll start on um, special teams or something, but a guy goes down. We see it all the time in the NFL. Somebody gets a call. Somebody gets to, to, to uh, get a start and, you know, anything can happen after that. So keep an eye on the deeper moves, especially you more serious um, fantasy players out there in dynasty leagues or if you're commissioner of your league or, you know, you're just a nerd like I am about this stuff. You're already paying attention more than your your homies for the most part. But an even deeper advantage you can get is having a list, just kind of a, a, a you know, a, a red list of deep, names. So if you're in the, you know, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17th round of a draft or even in the 20s in a dynasty league, you start pulling up names that don't have an ADP, they don't have an ECR. They they're not on anybody's radar. You're going to get a lot of cockeyed looks like who the fuck is this guy? But I'm telling you right now, those are going to be some of the dudes that come up and be at the end of the season. They're going to be waiver wire guys if you don't draft them now. Okay? So I'm not saying to reach for some you know, hopeful at all, of course. All right. But I am saying if your team is pretty stacked already and you want to fill up the last two picks of your bench with flyers, I think it's a great idea. Debo Samuel is another one. I think he could be the number one receiver by the end of the year. Love Dante Pettis, but Debo Samuel is a beast. So just another name to, you know, consider Um, maybe stash Dallas Goddard, you know, just in case Zach Ertz goes down. Zach, uh, Dallas Cotter could be a league winner when you're drafting him in the 12th to 15th round. So keep an eye there for the uh, consistent play, consistent play time for the younger players, um, not just the 
big one or two plays. A lot of players are going to have, you know, a kickoff return for a touchdown. Um, they're going to break a run for 85 yards on the touchdown. They're going to take a screen to the house from 50 yards out. They're going to have, you know, uh, seven catches uh, in the first half um, because they're the only option. You know, they're, they're, a running back is going to break six tackles and go in for a 20-yard touchdown. Those are all awesome, and those are cool things to pay attention to. But just be realistic that if that happened one time and that guy isn't starting or getting significant playtime the next game, maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe he's just a, a solid practice guy. So keep an eye there. Next up, we have the offense and defensive lines. So this is something that, you know, I always, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that uh, I, I like to throw throw some love to the big guys. Um Offensive, defensive lines, I think, matter so much more in fantasy football than we give credit for. We have offensive lines control, well, control the line of scrimmage, obviously, but they also control the run game, okay? Um, When you have a weak offensive line, your running back, no matter how good they are, may struggle, okay? Um, I always use the example, I mean, it's a throwback for you kids out there, but Barry Sanders. Okay, the comparison between Barry Sanders and Emmett Smith in the 90s, in my opinion, is not even close um, as far as what they had to work with. Okay, Emmett Smith, no disrespect, stud, obviously Hall of Famer, arguably the greatest running back of all time, but he had arguably the best run- line of all time the best offensive line of all time during that uh, 80s, 90s dynasty for the Cowboys. Emmett Smith was a great running back behind a great offensive line. Barry Sanders, on the other hand, is, in my opinion, the greatest running back of all time behind one of the perennially worst offensive lines for a decade of his career. Okay, so if Barry Sanders had Emmett Smith's um, offensive line, I don't even think it's a conversation at that point. Okay. So just take it into consideration when you have these great running backs with rough offensive lines, all uh, maybe the Cardinals, I think David Johnson will be fine because he's a little threat and they're going to use him out of the pass game. I'm not really worried about David Johnson, but just in general, when you have a rough offensive line and a great running back, like I think Le'Veon Bell is going to struggle this year because of the Jets uh, offensive line. I know they made some acquisitions. I know they're a little bit better. I'm still a little bit hesitant just at his ADP, although he's moving up, of course, with Zeke and Melvin Gordon, um, and they're bullshit right now. But nonetheless, pay attention to the offensive line. Okay, a lot of offensive line starters, unless they're you know maybe a, a seven, eight, ten year veteran, they do start uh, because they need those reps, they need that communication. The offensive line is very complicated. For those of you that maybe didn't play high school football or um, you're kind of just unaware of the offensive line in general, they're not just big fat dudes uh, running around. Okay, it's it's arguably one of the most difficult positions to learn, um, especially if you're. Um, you know, playing, uh, say, left tackle, guarding the quarterback, or you're in the center as the quarterback of the offensive line, things like that. So keep an eye on the offensive line, how much they get a push, how well they pass protect, how well they keep their quarterback upright, um, how well they're just essentially controlling the game. So I like that a lot. Um, and then the defensive line, just if they're beastly, keep an eye on that so that you know that your running back may have a uh, tough time against that particular defense. 
Number three, pay attention to bad performances by veterans and good ones from the younger players, but again, with consistency. So if there's a uh, starting running back, for example, um, who's out there in the preseason, who's just automatically going to start because he's the veteran and he's going to get the start, but he struggles. Okay. Um, And the rookie comes in, uh, the second year guy comes in, the new guy that got uh, picked up in free agency comes in and starts to tote the rock and play really well. Keep an eye on that. That matters, okay? Just because they start the preseason, just because their name is LaShawn McCoy, not saying he's not necessarily going to be the starter, but Frank Gore is there as well, who actually did get the start in preseason. Um, But Devin Singletary for the Bills looked very good, okay? So keep an eye on veterans struggling and -and up-and-coming players doing well. But again, as I mentioned earlier, with consistency, Okay, if Frank Gore, who, well, maybe a bad example because he's ancient, um, but let's take, you know, LaShawn McCoy, maybe who I think that they they still want, or Jordan Howard, who will probably get the start in Philadelphia. Okay, still young, but had a rough, rough time the last couple of years and not very fantasy exciting anymore. He gets the start. Okay, say he struggles, um, you know, uh, first 10 carries, he gets, you know, 30 yards or something. And they put in Miles Sanders and Miles Sanders' first play of the game bus off a 50-yard run. Awesome. But let's make sure that he continues to play, A, and continues to see that kind of work and efficiency. All right? Miles Sanders is going to get work eventually. But just in general, keep an eye on veterans not living up to the hype, okay? And then uh, up-and-coming running backs, or especially running backs, but up-and-coming players coming into that position and seeing if they thrive with consistency. Number two, don't worry about veterans not playing unless injured. Again, Russell Wilson did not play last night. It's the first time in his career that he did not play the first preseason game of a season. He's not injured that I know of. I think he's just fine. He's just getting older up there. He doesn't need the reps personally. He'll play eventually in the preseason, not the first one. That was fine. So things like that where you just you're not going to see a lot of your starting players okay julio jones is perennially not playing in the preseason todd Gurley probably will not play in the preseason antonio brown was out he's got a foot thing but he probably won't play very much as well um you know other guys are you know injured or being cautious about things and that is obviously one um focus but there's other guys like russell wilson who just don't need the reps who just won't be playing tom brady you know drew Brees is probably going to throw three passes in the preseason just to uh just to you know throw into michael thomas you know uh throw into um maybe traquan smith throw a little flat to uh, uh alvin Kamara, maybe one to jared cook and call it good okay so don't worry about veterans not playing unless they're injured okay so cooper cup probably not going to play but keep an eye on him to start the season, all right? Todd Gurley, obviously. Um, and there's other guys who have concerns. Antonio Brown, I'm starting to be really concerned about, uh, to be honest. So just keep an eye on these guys uh, throughout the preseason. But if they're hurt, don't worry about it so much because a lot of times they're just resting for the season. If they're not hurt and not playing, um, then I would just – not trip on it. They're probably just getting the rest. They're a veteran. They're chilling. They don't need to be out there getting hurt in games that don't matter. Number one leads right into injuries. Injuries in preseason are devastating. They happen every single year. In the first 11 games of the preseason, we saw a bunch already. 
Okay. Uh, Jerick McKinnon, I mentioned he went down. Kiki Cutie went down. Um, uh, Jermaine Curse, who's no longer a fantasy asset necessarily, but he broke his leg. Okay. Um, many other guys are going to go down over the preseason, severe or not. Make sure you're paying attention <laughs> to what these injuries actually are. Okay. If it's a broken bone or a torn ACL, obviously they're done. Okay. But things that are maybe more important to pay attention to on a consistent basis are uh, lower body soft tissue injuries. Okay. For years, Alshon Jeffrey had a calf strain that would last him nine weeks. Okay. So be careful about that kind of stuff. When somebody pulls a hamstring or they leave with a quad injury or they have a calf strain or they have a, a torn pectoral muscle or um, a ripped bicep or something, okay, upper body, they can usually play through and deal with if it's not too terrible. Lower body, even if they play, they're going to be hampered. So keep an eye on sprained ankles, okay, um, torn uh, torn muscles, pulled muscles even, uh, hip issues, um, pulled groins. I mean, all these kind of things. These guys are going from training camp, which is, you know, uh, rigorous, of course, but it's not NFL game speed. So a lot of times you see a guy go out there and he'll he'll run three plays and blow out his quad. Okay, he's been going all summer super hard, but in NFL speed and NFL cuts and NFL, you know, hits, these guys make one cut and blow out their quad, okay, or tweak their knee or roll their ankle or whatever. So keep an eye on those because those are the type of things to hinder them for the preseason, especially if they're young. It's going to hinder them in the reps that they need, and then it's also going to hurt them moving forward uh, to start the season potentially and then carry on into the um, the season itself. So guys that I'm paying attention to right away off the bat, Andrew Luck, he's got a calf strain. I think he'll be fine, but definitely keep an eye on that. He's my number one quarterback right now. If that continues, he's going to bump down. Um, and uh, just on the Kiki Cutie note, really quick, Deshaun Watson takes a, a bit of a blow. I had him at um, at uh, number four. I might be reconsidering that because I just don't believe in Will Fuller, and I don't think DeAndre Hopkins can keep up uh, Watson that high by himself, so we'll get there another time. Um, but also Mike Evans, okay, he's got a little bit of a, a leg issue as well right now. Um, Todd Gurley, obviously, Cooper Cup, uh, Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, some of these guys. So keep an eye on them. Keep an eye on their status. Don't expect them to play too much. But guys that get injured during the preseason games, we need to keep an eye on them and make sure that we are uh, up to date with their status um, as we only have four weeks. We are all of a sudden only a month away from real NFL football. We're going to be getting into it heavy on the TCK pod, and uh, we've got some new team members in the works. Uh, we are working on some new things in social media, some new ways for you to get a hold of us. Um, I'm uh, considering some kind of giveaway uh, pieces for you all for um, your support, so please uh, keep um, keep it dialed here to the TCK pod. And, uh, I look forward to getting more into it with, um, the next couple of weeks. And, uh, we will be having, uh, Daniel back who's been taking some time off with school and work, but he will be back shortly to, uh, go over some, um, categories. Uh, we'll be making some predictions for, uh, categories such as, you know, our sleepers our bus breakouts, bounce backs, gamers, will not draft list, bull predictions, crazy calls, things like that, that we did last year, um, that a lot of you really enjoyed. So 
Keep it locked here to the TCK pod, and uh, we will talk to you again soon. Enjoy the preseason football. I know it's not exciting, but it is football. We are here, family. That'll do it for this episode. Reminder that if you're interested in being included in our TCK pod listener league, be sure to email us at tckpod at gmail.com or shoot us a DM on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore tckpod with the hashtag tckpodll. Once again, that's tckpodll, and you'll be entered in for a chance to gain entry into our tckpod listener league. It'll be a 12-team full PPR league. You can also find us on Twitter at tckpod, tck underscore pod, excuse me, the fantasy football page on Facebook, the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast, and if you've gained any value from this episode, please leave a rate and review from the podcast. It really does mean the world to us, and give us a like and a follow on our social medias. Make the most of the rest of your day, and we'll catch you next time on the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sky Guasco, and I am out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.